Hello, everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chanko, and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Today's guest is Michelle Wong, the Chief Operating Officer of Active Wellness on the topic of industry trends. We discuss her predictions for the greatest challenges and opportunities for the fitness industry in 2023, leadership advice for the next year, and much more. Enjoy. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. It's great to see you. You too. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to talk to you today um, on a very timely topic, which is um, industry trends for the next year. So I'm curious, um, in your viewpoint, what are the top industry trends right now that operators should be keeping on their radar? Yeah, I feel like we we hear about it so much, but for us, a um, few things that we're doing here at Active is, you know, obviously continuing to look at recovery and how do we bring folks into our centers who are maybe, um, you know, even prior to recovery, looking to get engaged in exercise, and that's an easy um, way to enter. Um, and then also um, community, we're, we're really trying to build more connection beyond just what we do in fitness and how do we engage people on a more holistic level. So um, those are a couple of things that we're focused on for next year and continuing. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you're saying about recovery and it being a good entry point. That's something that we've talked a lot about um, because exercise for some people can be kind of um, intimidating, right? Yeah, it, it can be. And, and sometimes they're just not ready. You know, their their bodies are, are you know, not even moving correctly or, or, you know, functioning well. And how do we get them ready for that kind of movement and that exercise? You know, I, I think about it, I was talking with my team today, you know, we offer a performance-based functional training and, and we say functional training, but, you know, are they actually functioning well? Like, how do you, do you know how to use a TRX or swing a kettlebell? I mean, that's really intimidating. And how do we really take a step back and get people ready to where they can grow as, you know, their sort of best athletic self. And, and I do think, you know, I, I don't love the term recovery because it, it, it kind of says to people, well, I need to do that after workout, but maybe it's more like prehab and before workout. And how do we um, introduce people at, at their stage of readiness to, you know, higher levels of fitness? Yeah, makes sense. Um, and then regarding the community component, do you feel like kind of post-pandemic um, members kind of realize the value of that community maybe a little bit more than they did prior? Yeah, I think our members that have returned, you know, some of it's been just I, I've been working from home or I've been at home and wanting to get out and just interact with people. Um, and then how do we bring people in again, you know, sometimes for things that have nothing to do with exercise, just connection or education or, you know, Tuesday taco night or, you know, how do we, um, we've been doing a lot of actual giving back to the community and fundraising and, you know, our group, we're all animal lovers and, you know, how do we do an adoption fair? And that gets people excited and exposing them to what we do that, you know, at some point, maybe then they join for fitness, but, um, you know, really how do we become that place where we can build those connections in the community? Yeah. Well, you know, over the past two years, a couple of things that have been extremely trending were virtual fitness and outdoor fitness. So I'm curious on how you, if you think these trends might evolve in 2023 and if so, how? 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I was talking with a couple of my team members who, um, you know, like myself, have done a lot of work in corporate fitness over the last couple of decades. And for us, virtual has always been a big part of our programming where we were used to that. We had to reach remote teams. We had to reach teams globally. We had to get that, you know, sales staff that wasn't in the corporate office. And so it's funny to us to think about virtual as something new because it's always been part of our programming. And I think it's here to stay. I think it's here to stay in not just our, you know, corporate center offerings, but also our commercial facilities. And it complements what we do. It doesn't, doesn't replace it. You know, what we found is people wanted to get back to our centers because they missed the equipment. They missed the variety. They missed seeing people, but they like knowing that there's a resource for them there when they can't be with us or they're traveling. And so we're still all in on what we're doing virtually and, and looking to expand our offerings um, in 2023 and and push more out through our, our apps and uh, branded apps and experience that way. Um, and then in terms of outdoor, um, yeah, I think what people realize is, you know, I'm on the West Coast, so we're fortunate, right? Like, you know, all year round, you can pretty much be outside. You just need to put an extra layer on. But, you know, in talking to um, friends and folks in the industry who are on the East Coast, they were telling me cycle is dead. And I was like, really? Because our members are loving it. And we moved our bikes outside. And now they're telling us, can we just please leave the bikes outside? And can we continue our outdoor cycle? And so bringing some of that sort of controlled environment, but also getting to experience the outside elements. I, I find that people are still enjoying that and wanting that. And, you know, we're looking at that more and more as we're designing spaces and how do we make spaces that have more open to the outdoors or can sort of be indoor outdoor where, you know, maybe there's days where the elements don't allow. But I do think people have come um, with more of an appreciation for, you know, getting out of the four walls and being outside, but still, not necessarily always wanting to do that on their own and how do they do that in a, a community environment? Yeah. Very interesting. Cause I have heard the same thing. I've heard operators reporting that um, maybe at least on the East coast and in the Midwest that indoor cycling has been a struggle to get back and even some group exercise. So yeah. maybe it's just as simple as putting members in a different environment, whether that's outdoors um, or, you know, trying things like that. Yeah, I, I do think it, yeah, it was like we moved some of it outdoors as we needed to, right? Like requirements or, you know, social distancing or, or what the counties in some areas allowed us to do. And then members just kind of fell in love with that experience and, and have can, wanted it to continue on. Yeah. Um, another trend that I've, I wanted to ask you about is I, we have, you know, seen a lot of members gravitating towards strength, not that cardio is going away, but strength has definitely had a huge um, boost in participation and engagement. I was curious if that's something that you guys have seen at your facilities. Yeah, we have. And I think there's, there's a couple of things that have driven that is that, you know, when, I mean, we operate in 50 locations and every single one was closed at one point, right? So it was whatever we could do virtually. And a lot of people shifted who were, um, you know, didn't have equipment to more cardio based or, or body weight based. And then people who were getting into exercise and kind of taking the message that, you know, I, I, you know, my health isn't something I should put off started walking or jogging or running. And what's driven people back into our facilities is missing the equipment and missing that component and valuing like 
how much uh, that is part of, you know, the complete program. And so, yes, we've definitely seen that. And, and that's something that, you know, when you want to get your members back in, like, well, I can run or I can walk outside, you know, especially if you're in a place where you can do that all year round, but I'm not going to have the luxury of all of that equipment unless I come back to the club. And so programming for that has been important. And, and we just know it's an important piece. Um, We've seen uh, a little bit of a trend where our returning members, surprisingly enough, even with COVID, were a little bit older. And importantly, in, in programming to that demographic, you know, our, our our active aging population, that strength is really important. Like it's really important in fall prevention. It's really important in in, in aging well. And so, um, it, I think our members have sort of missed it and some came back for that reason. And some have gotten the message that, you know, I can't neglect that piece of my program. So it has been a big focus for us. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, um, what were the biggest learning lessons for your club this year? Um, biggest learning lessons, uh, you know, some of the challenges that we face, obviously, in bringing members back is also just our staffing component and the experience piece. Um, you know, all of that, it's communication has been so important. Communication with our staff, communication with our members, um, you know, so I think there's just this, we couldn't um, communicate enough in, in some ways of like, you know, what our challenges were, what we're trying to do, what's new, um, you know, really building that culture and that community with our employees and our members um, has been a really key piece for us. Yeah. Um, have, have you guys had, I'm sure, some of the same challenges that, you know, organizations all over the U.S. have had with staffing and recruiting? Uh, yeah, it, it has honestly been one of our biggest pain points. I mean, um, you know, we definitely have had, you know, staff that have left the industry, you know, fitness has been hard the last couple of years, you know, and so a lot of them have said, I'm going to try something else. We've all seen, you know, the trainers, the instructors who've gone their own way and trying to make, you know, uh, let me work for myself. Let me do fitness out of my garage and trying to, some of those have come back and realized, you know, the benefits of being with the club and, and having that member base, but yeah, staffing has been really challenging. And, and, you know, I just, um, there's there's this shift of employee experience and and um this perception you know i i kind of call this perception that um it's all about the employee and i think that in some ways that's true but maybe all industries like you know bill always likes to say this like there's this overcorrection and i think we're we're trying to find the happy balance of i look at it as it's a two-way relationship and how do we get to a place where um, you know, we've got employees who are fully invested in what we do and what we deliver and that we're creating a great experience for them and that finding that that right balance. And um, it's been hard to do that uh, in this environment and in, in this process with where sort of, you know, um, it's an employee's market, so to speak, right? Like it, you feel yeah. like, you know, there's got to be a, an agreement in terms on both sides. And, and that's been really challenging to find those people that are are really invested and committed to what we do and, um, and value it. And, 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 and at the same time, trying to create a great experience for them and your members. Yeah. 
Any advice you'd give to operators on recruiting and staffing at this time? Um, yeah, it, you know, we always say, you know, uh, uh, you know, hire for the attitude and train the skill. I think there's, there's a, a big truth in that right now, right? Somebody who's excited about we do what we do, passionate, um, maybe doesn't have all the skills, but uh, is willing to learn and trainable. I think you, you know, if you're looking for that perfect exact fit, you're probably not going to find it in this market or, or it's going to be tough to get those folks. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's always, uh, you know, important to look at. And, and then, you know, there's been this thought process that you always like, you know, you hire slow, you, you want to select the best candidate, but in this market, you can't move too slowly though, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you move too slowly, that that great candidate's probably going to be on to the next thing. So it's like, how do you find and really tease out, are they a great fit, but not drag the process out? And one of the things we've been doing is moving to a lot of group interviewing because we want people to experience who we are as a team and our culture. And the best way to do that and also expedite the process is to move towards, you know, group interview process. Um, and get them excited about, well, I really want to be with you people. You you seem to get along well and you have a lot of fun. Um, so that's been, you know, some of the things that we've been doing to try to kind of work through that. Yeah. Yeah. We're a big fan of group interviews too. Um, and, you know, it's great for expediting the process, but then also, you know, everyone sees different things on your team. Mm-hmm. So that's really, it's really great to either you know, suss out like, oh, hey, I I don't know, this person said this, and that's maybe a red flag for me, whereas for another person, it might not. So it's just great to have that variety of perspective in evaluating a candidate. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, um, you know, beyond just recruiting and staffing, are there any other challenges you kind of foresee the fitness industry having to overcome next year? Yeah, you know, one of the things that you know, I kind of had concerns, you know, I, I live here in the California Bay Area and, you know, watching the news last night, it was all about how all the tech employers are laying off and, you know, companies consolidating down. And and so, you know, when going through COVID, it was this thing of like, are we an essential business? Like, are we going to remain open? And now I think we're going to be battling a little bit up against inflation and folks losing their jobs. And, and as you look at it's, that much more expensive to go to the grocery store, to put gas in my car. Is that health club membership something that is still essential for me? So I think we're going to have to work harder to show the consumer that we are essential and that we're important and where they place uh, their dollars. And and so, you know, that's kind of one of the concerns I have on my mind going into 2023 is, you know, and how do you message that? How do you market that? Um, You know, I I don't, I'm not worried that our doors are going to close or that, you know, we're going to be shut down. Um, You know, hopefully that doesn't happen, but I think we still need to think about how do we remain essential to the individual? Certainly. Yeah. Um, do you feel like members though nowadays, especially post pandemic understand more the value of a fitness membership? Yeah, I think they do, um, a little bit. I think things are shifting, but you know, if you look at, like, we look at our reasons for cancellation every month when we lose a member, I mean, non-use still comes into play so often. And when, again, you know, time becomes a struggle and, and, you know, 
and you look at what I'm spending and, and things are getting more expensive and, and we run premium health clubs, right? You know, our memberships are, are, are not on, on the low end, right? So if you're not using it, you go, well, should I be retaining that membership? And I think, again, some of that's in educating our member and making them feel successful at, you know, I was having this conversation with some of my team last week about, you know, we're going into January. We don't want to set people up to fail. If they're not in our club five days a week, that shouldn't make them feel that there's not value in it or that they're not successful. So what, how do we set realistic goals with them and how do we help them feel like even if they come in once a week, twice a month, that that's valuable and that's success. And I think some of that will tie into messaging and marketing and with our fitness staff, how we set goals with our members and being maybe more process related versus outcome. Like how many pounds are you lo- going to lose? How, how much weight can you squat? But okay, your goal is to come into the club once a week and, you know, whatever that experience might be once a week, maybe it's just to come to sit in the steam room. Maybe it's just to to come, you know, and walk for a little bit or, or just start that goal. And so I think thinking about um, habit change and forming habits and how we communicate that and, and making sure that um, we sort of meet our members where we're at and that they feel that, it's successful and valuable. So, you know, I think there's always this like, Hey, you got to be here three, five, six days a week. And then if they're not, they don't feel like they're getting the value out of it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, what about greatest opportunities for the fitness industry in 2023? Um, you know, given where we're at as an organization, I think this aligns with some of the messaging that's come out of Ursa is, is, is partnering with healthcare and really, um, you know, how do we become more of the continuum of care? How do we get to those folks that um, maybe COVID was a little bit of this wake up call about health and being more proactive? So I think this goes along the lines of continuing to, to shift the message, you know, like I'd like to see our story not be about how much weight are you going to lose in January? But, you know, how are you going to have more energy? How are you going to, you know, handle that stress in your life and that we're a resource to do that? And so I think, you know, one of the biggest opportunities, again, is around shifting people's mindset about what our our clubs can mean for them in their life um, and being a little bit more holistic in that. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a big shift that um, I think was starting to happen prior to COVID. And then the pandemic really solidified the importance of that. Yeah. And I think for us as an industry, we need to get on board of like, how do we message that more consistently? How do, you know, how do we, uh, I, I, I hate to say it, like one of our biggest personal training offers still focuses and messages around weight loss, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's really not where we should be going with it, you know, um, and, and getting to, you know, again, how building more value in the expertise our trainers has, because it's been so easy to consume fitness through apps and YouTube and online and everything like, but is that really personalized to what I need and, and building the value of the expertise of, you know, the team in our club who can really tailor a plan for somebody. Yeah. Well, what else are you excited about in 2023? Any bright spots for your organization or the industry? Um, yeah, you know, for us, uh, this 
the pandemic and the shift of where everything's going with healthcare has offered us some bright spots in terms of, you know, growth opportunities and, and really kind of getting to folks who maybe we wouldn't otherwise been a resource for out of our, our relationships um, with healthcare. Um, So that's exciting. And then also, you know, a lot of what we're doing is trying to create a little bit more of this obviously connected experience and and where technology can help to facilitate um, some of that in everything from, you know, the journey our employee takes in the onboarding process to the member journey in terms of, you know, communication, targeting messaging, um, you know, equipment that, you know, makes it easier, right? Like makes that that uh, goal of get, sort of getting that workout in easier. Um, so that that's been some exciting things for us. And you know, um, there was a real low there for probably a year and a half in sort of terms of design, development, new equipment. And now, as you know, our partners are trying to bring the people back into their facilities and renovate. You know, it's giving us this exciting time to think about design and equipment packages and how do we, you know, up the experience a little bit. So more to come yeah. on that in 2023. Yeah. 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 It's nice to be at a point where you don't feel like you're like under fire and you can't be creative and you're just surviving. Yes. It, there was definitely that period there. And now we are starting to get a little bit more of that opportunity, you know, creativity wise and, and kind of you know, reinvent spaces, rethink, you know, what we're doing in in different areas of the facility. Yeah. Yeah. I love to hear that. Well, um, what's the best piece of advice you could share with operators for leading their businesses in 2023? Um, So, you know, with everything the last two years has been, it's felt like a, like a struggle, right? We're closed, we're open, we're losing staff we're retaining staff. Now we're dealing with inflation, potential recession. You know, one of the biggest pieces of advice is, you know, it's easy to feel kind of beat down every day of like, you know, everything seems like a problem kind of around every corner. Um, And I think just staying connected and making it fun. You know, I think that is really important is where where are the bright spots, you know, and taking time with yourself and your staff to step back and be like, you know, what am I really committed to? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? And it's because it's easy to get focused on the challenges and the struggles and, you know, what might not be happening. So I think, you know, especially in this next year is, you know, it's easy to turn on the news any day and just go, gosh, you know, (laughs) just what's around the next corner. So, I think wherever, you know, highlighting the successes and just finding the fun in it. Yeah. Um, And then lastly, what's a favorite leadership book and maybe why? Uh, This was a really hard question for me. I, I, um, I don't really have a favorite leadership book, um, but one, I think I, I think I read this like in, 2020, like, you know, height of the pandemic, it was a a Bren Brown book, Rising Strong. And one of the reasons I liked it, because it was, I think I started reading it was more about um, transformational leadership, sort of like personal and professional. Um, And there was one piece in it that just resonated with me. Um, It was, she was talking about 
What if you went into situations with the assumption that everybody was doing the best they possibly could? Like if you were struggling with somebody, if you were disconnected, you know, whether it be home or work, if you just came out of a situation and said, okay, I really truly believe this person is doing the best, how would you approach it differently? How would you be more empathetic? How would you change your response? And I think, you know, uh, going into the pandemic, we had a lot of struggles. You know, everybody was on a different side of the fence on masking and not masking and, you know, what was the right thing to do. And so if you, you know, member conflict, you know, employees in different places with, you know, what was going on in their personal life and what they were bringing to work every day. But if you just approach things and said, okay, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt that this person is really doing the best they can, how would that change how I respond or how I lead or how I approach a situation? And it, and that's just the kind of the one point that really stuck with me. Yeah. I haven't read that one. I'll have to read that one of hers. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Michelle. This has been great. And I appreciate you coming on to share your uh, industry insights into 2023. Yeah, it's been great. Good seeing you. And that wraps up this episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Thank you for listening. And if there are future topics you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes, please let me know at rachel at clubsolutionsmagazine.com.